Is there some poor behavior in your company that you've been tolerating? Some issues that you haven't been addressing? Stay tuned as we talk about how to effectively nip problems in the bud. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. I've been hearing about a circumstance from several different entrepreneurs lately about issues with their team. And it really has come to the forefront that one of the most critical things that we can do as leaders is to nip problems in the bud. And this, what I'm talking about here is really behavior problems. Now, it's interesting as I was thinking and preparing for this conversation, I was like, hmm, this reminds me of good parenting coaching where, you know, if there's an issue with your kid's behavior, you need to address it right away, which hopefully most of us, if you've been a good parent, (laughs) you've done that to a greater or lesser degree. But it's actually really true, I think, of almost every relationship. Now, I think this is true with clients, but I'm going to talk about particularly today, team members. Let me just describe one of the circumstances that's happened. And it often happens when there's a misalignment of values, especially when people are exhibiting behaviors that are not congruent with how you want to show up as a company, with how you want people engaging with your marketplace when engaging with other team members. So with this one circumstance, very, very, very capable individual, in fact, kind of essential, which is why the situation went on as long as it did, but incredibly poor behavior, not staying within the lines, not staying in this person's lane, and it caused a massive disruption, just started creating messes everywhere. And this is a little bit of a symptom is if the person that you're working with kind of thinks the rules don't apply to them. If they're taking liberties with how you you want things done, if they're not sticking to their lane per se, and it's causing messes for other team members and they're having to clean things up, they're having to make amends, they're having to spend extra time explaining. It's an incredible drain and cost on your team. In fact, I wrote about this in Multiplication by Subtraction because it's one of the most challenging issues, but the thing that irritates me the most, and I kept hearing about it, was high performers with poor behavior or poor value system, one that doesn't match your company. So this is a big deal. In this case, fortunately, as of very recently, it just got remedied. That person's no longer there. Someone new replaced them. All is good. (laughs) But it was a tough circumstance for a little while. But it got me thinking, and this is by no means not the only circumstance. You know, if I were to ask my friend and client, but when did you notice these problems? It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't last week. It wasn't last month. It's been happening for years. And this is true in all the other circumstances I can think of as well. So these are problems that did not get addressed at the outset. Or if they were addressed even temporarily, but then the behavior slipped back, it wasn't addressed again. That behavior was tolerated, and that's the problem. If you've ever had to let go of someone, and this is is one of the, the symptoms that you notice if someone's in a multiplication by subtraction situation, is that they're clueless. And often we think that, oh my gosh, this person must know that they're not showing up the way they're supposed to. They must have something else going on on the side. Well, pretty much to a person, to a circumstance, that has not been the case. They're clueless about their cluelessness. And that's why they have no idea they're about to get fired. If we tolerate this behavior, people have no idea of what is happening. So they actually don't really get a chance to force correct until it's way too late, until they've drained any kind of emotional bank account they have with you. They're expensive. You've really built up such this amount of pent-up frustration that all of a sudden it's just, it's over. 
It's over between us. Now, if this is your situation, please make sure you take the appropriate steps legally to make sure that you're protected. And hopefully also, especially if the person's been around for a while, that you take care of them too. You want to have a graceful exit, as I talk about in the book. But it's one of those things where it can be really challenging to address these behavior problems. They're hard. They're not fun conversations as we picture them. Sometimes we're not clear. Sometimes we don't even see the behaviors, but other people do. So it's second hands. We're not quite as sure about the feedback that we're getting. However, as a leader, you need to do something. You need to have this conversation. And hopefully this will encourage you to stop procrastinating. If you're thinking about someone right now, you're like, yep, that person's behavior has really been out of alignment with what we expect from our team members, or maybe even this is a client that's coming to mind for you. But you really do need to address it. Because if you don't, the cost is too high. It's high to you. Ultimately, it's very, very high cost to your team. It also starts to show up on your front stage with your clientele. And it's just demoralizing. And your other team members, especially if they're seeing poor behavior on the part of someone else, they think, oh, well, he or she isn't dealing with it, so it must be okay. And then they downgrade their behavior and they downgrade what they expect of themselves. And then the whole thing just goes down to a level of mediocrity. And you're like, what happened? Well, actually, it's because you tolerated this one person's poor behavior and didn't address it. Now, that may sound a bit dramatic, but unfortunately, it's not. I've seen it happen multiple, multiple times. And I'm grateful I get to see it because I can highlight it and start to figure out what are some strategies so that other people don't fall into the same trap. So what can you do about it? You're probably feeling all the pain right now. Well, one of the things you can do is have what I call a reality check conversation. So one of the things I'm going to recommend strongly is that you run out and buy this book, Connect. It's called Connect, Building Exceptional Relationships with Family, Friends, and Colleagues by David Bradford and Carol Robin. It's amazing because one of the characteristics of an exceptional relationship is that you can address one another's behavior, but they, they're really prescriptive with saying, okay, address the behavior, do not cross the line to presuming that you know what their intent was or what their thinking was. And I know this is something that stops me. I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're having a rough day. This is going on in their life. I'm sure they didn't mean to. We kind of put into place all of the reasons why we think they're doing what they're doing and we're justifying it, but we're not actually addressing the behavior. And those feel sometimes like hard conversations to have. I totally get it. They're also essential and they have the opportunity to totally transform the relationship, the experience. You're going to actually create some self-awareness for the other person and you're going to uphold standards. I'm a big, big person for standards. I hold myself to high standards. I want other people to be operating at high standards, and I don't want to be playing on a mediocre team. That's not what I'm up to in my life, and I don't want to attract that in. I don't want to tolerate that. So there might be some skills that you need to build to give yourself the confidence to be able to have these what look like more scary or intimidating conversations, or if you're someone who is very direct and very blunt, there might be some lessons for you to learn in terms of how to have them be more gracious. (laughs) and actually pull the best out of people so that your conversations are not confrontational and not conflicted, but in fact, productive. And there's a ton of resources. You know, Collaborative Way comes to mind in terms of speaking straight and listening generously. But when we can address these issues with people, this is where growth happens. This is where there's opportunities for people to go, oh, 
I didn't know that was a problem. Maybe it's been okay in other parts of their life. So they have no idea. That's for them to tell you, not for you to guess. That would be crossing a line. But I think it's key. You know, you can feel completely confident about addressing those behaviors. And guess what? Sometimes you can hold up the mirror and you can invite that conversation in. Very challenging for someone who is not at your level in the organization, for someone in a lower power strata to actually go, by the way, when you do this, it drives me crazy. <laughs> you know, but if you actually invite that, then you'll actually have a chance to learn from it. We all have our blind spots. We all have areas that we're like, hmm, didn't realize that was quite so annoying. And we're triggering people and we don't even know it. That happened with me this week. The habit that I have is just really, really bothering someone with whom I work closely, who's also responsible for quality. So it's up to me to address that. It's not something that other person can change. So being open to feedback is really, really important. Now, sometimes you realize, oh, I don't have the skills for that. There are things I need to do differently, but that's a really good starting point. So again, just really important to address those habits. We can immediately see them in other people before we can see them in ourselves. But if you're open to learning and growing, you can actually ask for this kind of feedback as well. So my coaching today is please address issues, nip them in the bud, do not tolerate them. You know, we get what we tolerate this expression I've heard and, you know, get what we put up with. And so what are you putting up with is my question. What's something you're like, oh, I've been kind of excusing this or putting it off or delaying it. You know, this conversation with this person and, and they might be stellar rock stars in other parts of their role in their relationship with you in this one area, they're really not. And it would serve you and serve them for them to know it. So again, I just want to give you the confidence that this is a worthwhile conversation to have. It's not something to sweep underneath the carpet. It is something to address well. And if you feel like you want to increase your skills, reread Multiplication by Subtraction, Get Connect, just a very, very insightful book about how to have you know, relationships in which you can grow and not just have them be static. So I hope this has been useful for you. Have those reality check conversations. Do it in your own gracious and graceful way. Totally fine to do that. But they will make a big difference and you'll be so happy that you did. You'll either know the problem is not solvable, in which case you know what to do, or best alternative is that that person in fact changes the behavior, makes better decisions, and then you have exactly the type of company that you are so passionate about building and that one that you continue to want to come to work with every single day. There's nothing worse than ending up with a company that does not represent who you are, where people aren't showing up the way that's important to you. So this is a very worthwhile activity. It's much challenging, but I know that you're up to it. I hope this conversation has been useful and insightful for you. Please let me know if you have any questions or comments at questions at strategiccoach.com. Thank you again so much for listening. And as always, here's to your team success.